my name is Anna Marie Boyd, and you are listening to Moved by Grace Counseling Radio. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Anna Marie Boyd, licensed professional counselor, registered drama therapist, registered yoga teacher, and PhD candidate in mind-body medicine with a specialization in integrative mental health. My podcast is going to supply you nuggets of information regarding innovative and somatic approaches to mental health treatment. In just 10 minutes an episode, we're going to learn about topics such as creative therapies, neuroscience and play, mind-body connection, and alternative approaches to psychotherapy. So without further ado, we're going to jump right into the topic of the day, which is what does the Bible say about mental health? Now, there is obviously a lot more than 10 minutes worth of material, but due to a limited time constraint, we're going to go ahead and jump right on into it. Um, I did have a personal announcement that I'm kind of excited about. Um, Starting in December, I am going to be taking on the role of communications director within the North American Drama Therapy Association. So I'm going to be on the board of directors. Um, I would love to do a whole podcast about what the NADTA is and what we offer. Uh, The primary really exciting exciting uh, offering being the annual conference, which has been virtual for the past two years. But um, look out for that episode and I look forward to sharing more with you. So the question being posed here is, does the Bible reference mental health? And if so, where and how? So I just want to give you a friendly reminder and a little bit of history that the term mental health is still very new to our world and to our common language. So before the term mental health, the term mental hygiene was introduced to the United States by William Sweetser in 1843. 1843, y'all. And was defined by the American Psychological Association as the art of preserving the mind against all incidents influences and incidents and influences calculated to deteriorate its qualities, impair its energies, or derange its movements. So in American history, mentally ill patients were understood to actually be um, religiously punished or demonically possessed, and these negative attitudes towards mental illness persisted into the 18th century. This obviously led to stigmatization of mental illness and often really terrible confinement of mentally ill individuals. So in the 1840s, there was an activist by the name of Dorothea Dix, and she is famous for lobbying for better living conditions um, after she witnessed really dangerous and unhealthy conditions, which many of these patients lived in. So over a 40-year period, Dorothea successfully persuaded the U.S. government to fund the building of 32 state psychiatric hospitals that are still uh, within the U.S. And I give you this history to address the fact that while the translated Holy Bible, the text, does not use the term mental illness, mental health, mental well-being and mental challenges are consistently addressed throughout the text. It's just a different kind of language. So 
moving right along, I want to point you to a text that I use a lot for myself and a lot with my clients. The title of the book is called Grace for the Afflicted, and it goes through the current psychiatric diagnoses from the DSM and points to places in the Bible where the person may have been experiencing the form of mental illness that it's speaking about, uh, but maybe in a different language, right? Maybe just utilizing the symptomology. So specific examples that come to mind for me are, um, let's start with Elijah. So this is a specific example of suicidal ideation and suicidal um, thoughts was a prophet who struggled with these thoughts um, during a difficult time in his his life. Um, A specific example of psychosis, my mind goes to Saul, right? Um, The psychotic king who drove himself insane out of his hatred for David and his rebellion to God. King Nebuchadnezzar, um, he has been posited to have been possibly suffering with dementia. You can read about him in Deuteronomy, Jeremiah, and Daniel. Um, another a biblical example of clinical grief, so Naomi, right, and Ruth, um, dealing with death, the death of a loved one and bitterness and um, the whole cycle of grief that comes after something like that occurs, a trauma like that. And the grief cycle is also something that I want to go through in another podcast um, that can be just really helpful to understand, not only for loved ones who experience this, but as we go through the stages ourselves, just to kind of normalize and say, okay, it's not okay that I feel this way, but this is a clinical pattern that um, can help you understand where you might be in a cycle of grief. And that can be grief from the death of a loved one. That can also be grief from a job or a period of life. You know, it, it can uh, really be grief about anything. But another clinical example is um, this one is really relatable of you know, David, King David, and his struggles with pride and depression and um, seeing just the mental anguish that he expresses in the Psalms. I'm going to point you to Psalms 38 and 42, where he refers directly to his state of mind. Um, Other examples of depression in the Bible, other than David, um, Jonah, who was so angry and, and wanted to run away. I'm thinking of Jonah, 4 3, where he says, Now, O Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than live. Um, a really prominent example is Job, who suffered devastation and physical illness and just extreme loss. Um, Job 3 26, I have no peace, no quietness, I have no rest, but only turmoil. We all know that a symptom of depression is generally um, terrible sleep patterns or sleep hygiene. He also goes on to say, I loathe my life. Um, bitterness in my soul, terror overwhelms me. Um, it's really intense language that he uses. Um, another example is Jeremiah, Jeremiah, who struggled with um, a significant loss of self, sense of self, insecurity, loneliness. Um, He said, cursed be the day I was born. Why did I ever come out of the womb to see trouble and sorrow and to end my days in shame? And then 
of course we know that he was perfect but even jesus he was in anguish about what he knew was to come um which is not a sin but it's certainly relatable and um even in all of this, knowing that God was near to the brokenhearted. So we have all of these biblical examples, right? And while these examples refer to the challenges faced by these stories and parables, it also guides us on a path of hope and really um, the foundation for who God is. I'm going to point you to 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and this is a really important one, of a sound mind. Um, Psalm 34.18. God provides comfort to the suffering and meets the needs of the brokenhearted. And then one of my favorite verses, um, Philippians 4.8. Finally, brothers, think about whatever is true whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. And if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. I know when my mind starts to future trip or get anxious or think about something in the past, this is a verse that I continuously go to to say, hey, I can choose what I think about and I'm not going to let the anxiety overthrow me. Um, Another verse that really promotes this idea of hope and strength is Matthew 8 11 28 through 30 come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest in your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light so I hope this uh, just gives you kind of an example of how mental health uh, shows up in the text and although it doesn't say mental health these are all symptoms that we're familiar with and these are all um, live lived experiences that we can really relate to and can help us um, come to some kind of journey of hope I'm really reminded of the hero's journey right um, which is again an, <laughs> an concept that I can explain in additional podcast but I just wanted to give you a couple of examples that come to mind for me um if you want to continue your own research and study into this again I recommend the grace for the afflicted and there's also some really wonderful books um about this concept specifically there's another one that is just wonderful when it comes to depression and acceptance um and really that personal turmoil and struggle when you are experiencing depression and you're a Christian, right? And that book is entitled, I Love Jesus, But I Want to Die. And it's for anybody who has been plagued with suicidal ideation or severe manic depression. Um, So that's a really wonderful text as well that provides referrals, recommendations, and there's a whole chapter on how family can support someone um, in that position. So I hope this was helpful. I hope you got uh, something out of it, and I look forward to seeing you again next week.